Welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, welcome back again to the Controversial Talk with a Smog. Uh, today we have a special guest by name, Karen Tinakosa. Uh, Karen Tinakosa is actually my younger brother. He's, uh, you know what? I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna give you the platform. I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. I don't want to mess up your, <laughs> your resume, okay? Are you there? Yes, yes, thank you. Yep. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, as my brother said, uh, I'm uh, Carrington Akosa. I uh, currently work at Morgan Stanley as a country risk analyst. Uh, yeah, <laughs> graduated from Princeton University, studied microeconomic policy, and very uh, passionate about the African continent and how to improve our, our economies on that continent. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard you heard the man. Uh, he has a a broad understanding of what advancing an economy is all about. You know, be it in the on the national level, international level, and even the continental level. You know, uh, he's well traveled. He's been to various countries in Africa, Asia, you know, and Europe. I know he intentionally didn't want to mention that there, but hey, I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Carrington, uh, you know, today's topic is about, you know, we're going to be talking about how do we, as Africans in diaspora, how do we impact the African continent? You know, how do we impact the, um, the economy of the African continent? Now, my understanding of because a lot of people might be wondering, well, what is an African diaspora? You know yeah. what I'm saying? In my opinion, I feel like African diaspora is every African, every um, man and woman who originated from Africa that lives outside the continent of Africa, be it via, uh, what's it called, the transatlantic slave trade of many moons ago, or the latest uh, migration out of the continent, you know? Yeah. But in this context, I want us to focus more on the African diasporans that actually immigrated, willingly immigrated out of the continent and are now living offshore, you know, either in Europe, Asia, South America, North America. And, they, you know, and they're immigrated and maybe now they have a second generation. They have second generations, they have kids, grandkids mm -hmm. who still go back to the continent quite often. Yeah. Now, that's how I understand uh, the word African diaspora. Well, yeah. What's your definition of that? Uh, I think your definition is absolutely correct. Uh, really, diaspora, uh, African diaspora really involves uh, basically any black person yeah. uh, outside yeah. of the continent. Of course, we have some uh, non-black Africans, mm -hmm. uh, including North, North Africans and in including white Africans that have, you know, naturalized in Africa. But the the broad definition of African diaspora is really any black person outside of the African continent. Mm -hmm. Now for our African-American uh, brothers and sisters and including other uh, black persons of Europe that were forced to migrate or were forced out of the continent mm -hmm. uh, about 200 or 300 years ago, uh there's there's a sharp disconnect between them and yeah. the continent you know there's there, it's been a, it's been centuries right? right right so 
for practical sakes, we we mostly just narrow African diaspora to Africans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they left the continent yeah. in recent times. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I mean, I know there are people out there that will disagree with our definition or our understanding of this. I mean, I do know that there are a lot of um, African-Americans or black people in general who go back and actually claim to be members of Africa diaspora. An example is uh, this dude, what's his name? Uh, Dinus Amir, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's a, he has a huge platform about African diaspora. He always talks about people coming back into the continent and uh, investing into the continent. And he's doing a very great job. You know, nice. I'm really, I'm really, really proud of the dude. And mm-hmm. he actually motivates me to like, hey, you know, go back, go back yeah. to the continent, go back home. Yeah. Because right. at the end of the day, that's where we're from, you know? Sure, for sure. I haven't heard of this guy, but is it based in Gambia? In the Gambia? No, no, no. He's, uh, right now, he's actually in Nigeria. He claims, I think he actually claims that he, he has a Nigerian citizen now. Oh, okay, okay, Citizenship, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, actually, I think I might know the guy he, you're talking about. He's yeah. young, right? Yeah, he's young. So he, okay, he, yeah. he travels all over Africa, Yeah, you know? He actually did a, a couple of episodes with, uh, what's this Ghanaian dude? Uh, Wodemaya. Yep, he did a yeah, few episodes exactly. with him. Okay, yeah, no, I know, I know who you're talking about there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, my next question to you is, how can we connect with the continent? You know, um, especially for those of us who are now, who who have lived outside the continent for over ten years. Myself, for example, I've been here for yeah. over a decade. You know, I left in two thousand nine, and it took me a while to go back. And when yeah. I went back. It was a culture. It was a culture shock for me. You know, for I sure. felt out of place, and I started wondering, damn, did I actually grow up here? Like things were different. Even though yeah. I felt like, okay, I can still speak the language, I can for still sure. uh, speak uh, broken English, which is pidgin English as we call it in Nigeria, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. People could still identify that, hey, this dude is American. He can, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like. So how do we how do we connect back to the continent? And. Uh, more, more importantly, okay, let me phrase it this way. For people, for second generation, let's example, uh, Nigerian Americans, you know, who have lived their whole life in, yes. in America. How do they reconnect to the continent? Right. I, that's, a, that's a very interesting question. A tough one, too. Uh, mm-hmm. You see, reconnection is, is easier done when there is already a, a passion or an interest yeah. on the yeah. continent you understand mm-hmm. uh, so if there if you know second generation nigerians or africans right uh outside of africa right and if they have just even a small small interest in the continent right yeah. i would advise to reconnect uh through really uh organizations okay. organizations uh african organizations in the country in their country of residence right yeah. uh you know be it african student association or something of that sort right mm-hmm. but also give using media all right you have uh you have nigerian music nigerian movies yeah and music from and, and movies from all over the continent right mm-hmm. uh, that really cuts across different cultures of the continent and is relatable to africans in diaspora right so yeah. people could use that avenue that medium to reconnect back to the continent get a taste of the continent before they even step foot on the continent right mm-hmm. so it familiarizes them to the continent and 
I believe it would also uh, pique their interest, give them a taste of what it is, and hopefully feed their desire to come back to the continent and discover the continent for themselves. You understand that? Yep, yep. Yeah. So. Okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I think, hey, that's a pretty good uh, explanation. Uh, I also try, I also do the same thing, you know, when I talk to uh, friends, not just Nigerian Americans, even African Americans too, who, uh, you know, most times feel like, hey, they want to go back to Nigeria or go back to Africa and see what Africa is all about. And uh, I always tell them, hey, you know, there's so many places you can go. You can decide to go to Cameroon, you can decide to go to Ghana, and so on and so forth. And there are people that actually don't know that there are, uh, what, up to 54 countries in Africa, yep. you know? So yep. Yep. I have a lot of friends that always tell me, oh, yeah, I want to come, you know? For example, um, you know, my fiance and I are planning our traditional uh, marriage sometime next year you know i have a lot of friends that are saying oh i would love to come i said yeah that's the perfect opportunity for you to come and actually experience uh the culture you know and, and see the homeland now um it's easy i feel like it's easy to tell people oh go you know go 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 but what about the fear of the unknown because there are a lot of people that don't know you understand how how do people manage that Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you see, the, we 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 normally are caught in between uh, extreme exaggeration of mm-hmm. uh, of everything wrong with Africa, or extreme fantas- uh, fanta- like fantasizing, fantasization yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. of the content, right? And both sides are clearly not the sides that we want to be on. It's, there's the middle ground, okay. Uh, the continent is really unlike any other continents uh, that exist, mm-hmm. right? It has mm-hmm. its peculiar strengths and weaknesses, and everyone should know this, right? Like, yeah. we we should know that. Look, first of all, most of the continent, right, especially Sub-Saharan Africa, mm-hmm. uh, is is tropical, all right. So you mm-hmm. you have kiddos, you have um, uh, just two seasons dry and wet right. you know so those kind of quick facts should be given right it's hot most of well, year, year round basically right mm-hmm. uh they should also of course know look there is mass suffering in on the land right yeah but at the same time that's not what defines the land as as much as there's mass suffering there's mass living like people are just living their lives people are trying to get by people are laughing people are socializing you mm-hmm. understand so mm-hmm. it's it's that it's that uh what would i say a compromise of of evil and and, and good yeah. that people must be aware of you know and really i mean uh the continent for the most part right is again we're all we're all humans here right mm-hmm. uh, nothing really shock you overly shock you yeah. on the continent right everything that is being done now is also being done in other places or at least was done in other places right, right there's some right, cultures right. that are practiced in certain tribes that uh would seem very often uh, <laughs> i'll be shocked if that was the first time that uh 
that that particular act was ever done in the world. You know, at some point it was done somewhere else. Yeah. You understand? It's it's a continent that's still trying to find its its uh, place in the world. It's it's fits on the ground. You understand? So there are a lot of changes. There are a lot of contrast. You know, you mm-hmm. can see can see biggest cities in the world in africa right you can see modernization at its peak you can see robotics robotics automation right mm-hmm. at the same time you can see uh what people describe as the old ages right so yeah. that's that's the continent and people have to marry the two facts and not describe the continent as like purely bad or mm-hmm. purely good okay hmm. uh I totally agree with you, bro. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, just the same way you and I migrated to uh, to the northern hemispheres. You know, we we had no idea of what we were getting ourselves into. I mean, all all we knew about this part of the world is what we saw on TV and you understand through the movies and you know. Before I came here, I thought this place was paradise, honestly. <laughs> like, me honestly too, speaking, I wouldn't lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the first time I saw a beggar on the street, I was like, what? what, what? Yeah. You know, I saw yeah. a couple of potholes and, and the roads of Baltimore City, and you know, like, mm-hmm. so I feel like people should think that the same. It's, it's, it's a risk, right? I look at it like a business investment. You understand? So if I'm, uh, um, a diaspora and I want to go back to Africa, I should have a goal and a purpose of right. why I'm going there. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So mm-hmm. I, I should feel like, okay, I'm going to go there to, uh, uh, quote unquote, maybe invest, yeah, make make money. Mm-hmm. You understand? Or mm-hmm. I might go there to have a peace of mind, mm-hmm. get away from the constant uh, hustle and tussles of this part of the continent, mm-hmm. you know, of this part of the globe. Uh, I feel like that, you know, that's that's my biggest advice to people. Like, just ha- take that risk and, and go with it. But I will also advise before anybody does that, you should do what we call uh, uh in the military we call it a reconnaissance. You know, you go and survey the land. So how do you do that in this in this instance? You travel maybe. I know a lot of people that love traveling. You travel the first time. You maybe you go to Ghana for like two weeks in December time frame. You see, you know, you just slowly start adapting to the environment. And while you're doing that, you're asking questions. You're asking about stuff like, okay, um, how much do you guys pay for rent? How much is food, accommodation, education? You know, stuff like that. And then you come back and you look at the difference between Africa and wherever you are, Europe, America, whatever. And then you go, you go again. And before you know what's going on. You uh, you should be you should be good to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's my advice. That's my simple right. advice for anybody out there who decides, hey, I just want to go. You can't just pick up one day and decide, boom, I'm going, I'm going to Africa. Uh, why I'm saying that is before we came here, we already had people on ground. We already had mm-hmm. uncles and aunties that have already lived in America, already lived in yeah. Canada. You know, so they gave us uh advice. For example, our dad was already here. You know, so before we came we already had an idea of what we were getting ourselves into so i think that's uh, that's my advice for anybody out there <clears throat> yes uh i i totally agree uh mm-hmm. i would add to that there there needs to be a sense of of duty too for mm-hmm. for africans in the diaspora 
yeah. why I, why I do say this is that if we look back not too long ago in history, right? For mm -hmm. uh, industrialization uh, of the economies of America and Europe in around late 19th century, mm -hmm. where you have a lot of these people leaving their continent uh, uh, to explore, right? Right. But right. you would realize that while some stayed over and forgot about their motherland, most yeah. returned. Yeah. With with uh really ideas that changed their their country's destiny forever. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. So Africa Africans need to have that same sense of duty. When yeah. we leave the continent, right, we cannot just say, Oh yes, uh, you know, we've left suffering and now we're in the now we're just gonna enjoy our lives. No, yeah. like we need to have the sense of duty that we come here, we learn how things are done here. Mm -hmm. Of course, we know how things are done back home. You see, the combination of these two perspectives should give us something revolutionary that mm -hmm. should impact. That sh I mean, that could be used to impact our our destiny on the continent mm -hmm. for better. You understand? Mm -hmm. So again, as recent as you know, uh, what how. It, Israel basically came to be, right? Uh, their diaspora is working great for them, mm -hmm. and they steadily just keep uh, developing in their own rights. Uh, the same, Africans need to have that sense of duty. Mm -hmm. Once they leave, they basically should come back with their knowledge yeah. and impact that on on the continent. They need not live there forever, but yeah. at least have that sense of duty so definitely definitely would you would you advise uh, uh people to go back uh to africa and retire like let's say let's say you're in your your 60s or whatever mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. pretty much accomplish everything you have now you have kids and grandkids or whatever you know would you advise people to go back and like retire in in nigeria for example Right. Ah, so that's uh, <laughs> that is that is a loaded uh, advice. So uh, it depends on the person, right? It depends on the person. It depends on what they like, what they they need. Personally, uh, I would retire back in Nigeria for sure. Yeah, uh, I could yeah. probably maybe go to I don't know Tanzania or so on the continent, but I am definitely gonna retire in Africa for several reasons, right? Okay. Uh, at the age of sixty, when I'm done with all my uh, let's say corporate world, mm -hmm. uh, maybe multilateral uh, world, uh, my next dream is just to take that one. Basically, you know, in in African culture, when you're old, you you know, you're 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 wise. At least that's what the community uh, gives you, right? Yeah, that's what the, how they identify you. So just sit back and and uh, contribute to the discourse of governing the society. You understand? Yep. So I have to be in Africa for that, and uh, really any part of the continent. Uh, so for people that are here that are interested really in the development of Africa, mm -hmm. I'm telling yes. I mean, come back to the continent and retire, right? Like mm -hmm. whatever you're seeking for. There's it's, there's a variation of it on that on the continent, right? If yeah. you're looking for the you know the sandy life, there's variation there. If you're looking for bustling, there's it's there. Even if you're looking for the cold, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. cold, relaxed, it is also on the continent, right? Yeah. So if you care about it, right, and uh, you know you just want to relax and maybe contribute to 
political discourse, economic discourse, wherever your area of specialty is. Hundred percent. I advise to come back and retire in Africa. Okay. Well, hey, you know, people, you've heard that. I mean, it's always good to go back home when you're old. <laughs> when yes. you're old and cranky, and uh, <laughs> you need somewhere where you can relax and not not, not worry about anything else. You know. <clears throat> Another question for you. So, what about? The culture, let's say the culture of the European culture, the American culture, or whatever that type of culture you want to call it, the culture, language, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. How does this in- impact, uh, impact people's struggle that want to reconnect back? I mean, for example, if second generation African Americans that were born here, maybe born into an Igbo family, for example, and they don't know how to speak a lick of Igbo. How, how do they fit into this equation? Right. Uh, that's the beauty of life, you know. Uh, change is constant. Mm. All right. And culture is also constant. In terms of, if there was one, if there was just one culture, let's say the Igbo culture was the dominant culture in Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, different cultures will will emerge. And you're seeing this in in several countries countries yeah. on the continent, right? In Nigeria, there's the in fact there's this Lagos culture. Or we can say Lagos Island culture, right? Mm-hmm. Most people there from different ethnicities, even from uh, different countries outside of the continent, really, mm-hmm. uh, have developed this Lagos English uh, verbiage. Yeah. Uh, way of yeah. living and everything right yeah the same thing with abuja really a lot of other cities on the continent mm-hmm. the this this uh this second generation diasporans uh will be able to identify more with i guess the the western westernized african culture mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. so i would i would advise they need not be pressured Right, that oh, since they were born into an Igbo family, they must like uh, have every single Igbo culture, including the language, because mm-hmm. obviously, like you said, they don't speak the language, right? So yeah, just force them back into the village. So, the, but I can assure them that there is there is a culture in 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 somewhere in Africa that they can identify with, and really that is where most Africans are moving towards, and yeah. that is the truth, right? Uh, our culture, us as Igbos, is constantly changing. You understand? Right. Uh, I mean, we can talk about uh, some practices that we used to practice not too long ago, maybe about eight years ago, that if you try it now, you yeah. be be an outsider. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, perfect example, uh, uh, what is it called? Polygamy, for example. It's no longer, <laughs> it's no longer uh, as popular as it used to be back in the day. Precisely. Precisely. You know? No, yeah. you're, absolutely, you're absolutely correct on that. Um, culture evolves, language evolves. I mean, there are even people in Nigeria that can't even speak their language. <laughs> yep. You know, and they've lived there their whole lives. So, yeah. true, true. Okay, now let's get to the most important question for you, Carrington. How do we invest? You know, what's how what steps? And uh, if we if we plan on investing, where do we invest this money? Oh wow! 
So, okay. Uh, I, I will give some sectors to look at, but then I would now uh, frame the question in, in another light, okay? Okay. The, the, uh, the best sectors now, as, as most economists will agree, uh, in Africa uh, includes uh, technology, yeah. but a very important subsect of that is fintech, all right? Uh, financial technology mm. in Africa seems to be really very much budding. Uh, another sector that is acclaimed, highly acclaimed, is agriculture. All right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, room for improvement in agriculture in Africa, and a lot of uh, potential there. Mm. So that's that's definitely one to consider. And third, really, is industries. Okay. Uh, okay. We mostly import what we consume yeah. in terms of uh, like furniture, laptops, whatever. So. Uh, industries would also uh, be another one to look into. Okay. Although you, you, it's very steep competition, depending on the country you are and the kind of tariffs they put. But the second part of what uh, how I wanted to frame the question is right. Uh, I think I think sometimes right. I've I've heard of some of my friends going into the continent and blindly investing right. Like if I say oh invest in this stock, invest mm-hmm. in this stock. Uh, or something very pointed they go blindly and and invest yeah okay. let's let's take an example right i hear a lot about in in nigeria especially we hear a lot about a new company a new solar company right, right? companies are just because we have a uh, big power electricity issues in nigeria right yeah so a lot of the diaspora that are really they want to make change and i salute them for that they just jump in i'm like oh if we have power uh, issues then solar energy makes sense let's go set it up mm-hmm. without really doing due diligence right they come into the country and this is how the setup normally looks looks like right they uh import the solar panels yeah right and soon they find the frustrations of doing business in nigeria uh these solar panels uh you know uh, is, is stuck at the port you know mm-hmm. or 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 they can't source enough forex to import this thing my and that is just the initial problems right like i said there are a lot of solar energy uh, companies in nigeria and so you have to face steep competition you've not even uh, studied your consumers or whatever mm. so for the diaspora i would say right if we have a vehicle right a big a big firm that will act as a vehicle for investments into africa what i'm saying is unite okay don't go and do things by yourself right you you understand we 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 lack we lack uh an organized let's say uh fund okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a big firm that aggregates diasporan fund and uh, of course if you're a big fund then you you probably have expertise in your field right Mm -hmm. then they would know exactly where to invest in africa for the maximum impacts on africa and of mm-hmm. course maximum returns for africa you understand right now this is not to say individuals cannot go at it alone right they they definitely can especially if they've seen a big hole that they can easily plug mm-hmm. by all means go at it alone but my biggest advice is that we africans need a fund we need a fund we need a big company 
that will mm-hmm. aggregate diaspora uh, investments, their capital, because the biggest economic problem that we Africans have in Africa is simple. It's capital. Right. It's capital. That's all we lack, really. Once we have capital, huge capital, I'm talking about capital uh, that when you say it's Americans and, and Europe and Asia will be like, oh, yes, okay, that would be kind of hard for us to source. Mm-hmm. Once, but once we aggregate that money, I think, yeah. in the, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, you're saying that it's going to be hard. I don't, honestly, no, I don't think it's going to be that hard. It's just about people actually trusting one another. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because mm-hmm. we have a, according to statistics, I, I don't know the exact statistics, but um, in America, for example, the most educated population in America are Nigerians, and these are immigrants. You, you understand? And that's because they are all into professional specialties, either medical doctors, IT, and so on and so forth. So, which means on average, these guys make uh, no less than $100,000 per annum. You know, I might be exaggerating, but you, you get the point. So, if people like this all come together and pitch in, let's say, for example, 10 people come and pitch in at least $10,000 each. That's a lot of money to start up something, you know? And then, so maybe the Nigerian community in America does that, the Cameroonian community, the Ghanaian community, and so on and so forth. We we will be able to uh, stand on our own and not depend on, you know, imports. Now, I have another question. You said something about sourcing enough Forex. Mm-hmm. So, could you explain what Forex is uh, to the audience? Because yes. a lot of people don't know what that is. Right. Okay. Uh, before I answer that question, I just want to say, yes, I completely agree with you that mm-hmm. and easily right gather capital from our diaspora and that's what we should do right we just mm-hmm. need that united vehicle fund to manage it right so someone needs to set up that fund but yes uh sourcing forex you see the way first of all forex right it's foreign exchange right oh, okay. so uh you know in africa different countries with their different and unique currencies mm-hmm. uh, but we tend to trade outside of the continent right so we need to source forex mm-hmm. that's from which is mostly united states dollar mm-hmm. sometimes it's chinese yuan mm-hmm. uh of course the euros uh or pound right. uh, so yeah so we need forex to uh, fund our import bills basically yeah. uh or of other investments you understand yeah. so that's what forex is and uh the conversation actually goes deep right yeah you can take you can pick a random country in sub-saharan africa in sub-saharan africa right and mm-hmm. you look at how their current that particular country's currency has performed in the past two decades mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i can almost 100 percent tell you that any country you pick right randomly from sub-saharan africa that currency has performed badly against mm-hmm. forex so against the united states dollar euro mm-hmm. pound or what, what what have you you understand and and the reason is okay we in africa we we've been looking outward for so long okay our right. taste our taste is, is is foreign all right so we are constantly uh importing at least we constantly choose 
foreign products than domestic than homemade products okay mm -hmm. so as our as our as we continue to grow really in population and economy right our demand for foreign made goods increases alike you understand so, mm -hmm. so when you have when you have a lot of people uh demanding for the united states dollar let's say in nigeria right yeah uh, but this but on the opposite end of the spectrum not a lot of foreigners are demanding for the naira you mm. tend to have what we call a constant depreciation of the naira against the united states dollar and mm. this is the case for a lot of uh, african countries so uh so you can see that we always need more forex in in africa right yeah uh so that's yeah that's forex issue okay well thank you for that uh that explanation that was very detailed all right ladies and gentlemen you've heard it from the man uh hopefully we can all come together you know gather uh, our resources and take it back to the continent i mean many moons ago you know people came into the continent gathered our resources and brought it back you know brought it back over here uh now i think it's our turn to do the same but we do it the legal way you know we get our education we learn the system we learn uh all this it medicine you know whatever learn all that stuff go back to the continent and improve your foxholes you know improve your homes i mean they say charity begins at home so i think the best thing is for you to fix it by yourself you know we shouldn't always always depend on the outsiders to fix our problems all right current tonight thank you very much for that knowledge and uh, we hope and we wish to have you on the show some other time thank you it was my pleasure speaking on your esteemed show thank you so much <laughs> all right brother all right bro take care yep bye